Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the After Effect Podcast Show. I am your host, LeBron Stephan, but you can call me LBZ, LB, Big Brown, 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 B, Ryan, LBZ, Bronny, the choice is yours. Welcome to episode 70. Yes, I said 70. We have a very, very, very special guest. Alvin Ciano is on the podcast show today. Garyville, Louisiana native, played his football at Wolford University. Um, he had a quick stint with the San Diego Chargers. From there, he went to grad school and got his master's in mechanics and now is a mechanical engineer in the LA San Diego native. He is also an artist, acting in several commercials and, and productions as well. That's actually where we met uh, at, at a callback at an audition out in LA. So super uber excited to have this authentic conversation with Alvin. Just send him the link and once he jumps on, we will go in man hey bro so yeah i appreciate you carving out the time man this is called the after effect show um it's my belief that all of us athletes we all have an after effect or after shock you know from our athletic journey you're talking about a 20-year you know uh relationship with football basketball whatever your sport is and when when it's all said and done i believe we all have an after effect but i think that our stories aren't told often so this is just a free and safe space for us to kind of like relive some of those moments and really just try to push the culture forward. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Oh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So yeah, we can dive right into it, man. I always pop off with, you know, with a couple current events. Um, I'm, I was just watching the Michigan State-Ohio State game right now. Man, Ohio State handed to Michigan. But who do you have winning the Super Bowl this year? Will, will, will Tampa Bay repeat? I know you are. I know you on the West Coast, so 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 you know the Super Bowl is in so far this year. So, who do you think will win the Super Bowl this year, and why? Um, I mean they have a, a a few good teams. I know you know Green Bay's up there. Cardinals was undefeated for a minute. Uh, Titans up there. You can never count out Tom Brady. Never. Uh, you know he be he got um, a, a rabbit's foot or something because he he put a lot of different things. Uh, they got a few good teams. I'll probably, I think Green Bay probably have a good chance to to make it all the way though. If 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 A Rod can stay off that COVID list. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> right, right. No doubt, no doubt, man. So um going to basketball, I, I was I was always a two-sport guy. Um obviously football is my main sport, but I, I play I play I hooped in, in high school as well. So, man, who do you think will win the NBA championship? Will – I mean, I've always been a LeBron James fan, you know, since 99 because uh, I'm a Cleveland, Ohio native. So, I've been watching that dude play since his ninth year – I mean, since his ninth year, year at St. Vincent St. Mary. So, of course, I'm pulling for him. Of course, I'm pulling for the Lakers. Uh, but watching the Lakers and the Bucks a couple days ago, Giannis go off in 50. Obviously, LeBron wasn't playing. But who, who who's your favorite NBA team and who, who do you think will take it this year? Yeah, the Lakers, uh, they got they got some work to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, in basketball, too, I know the Nets, you know, they they have a squad. They were supposed to make it, you know, last year. So, with the talent they have, they definitely have a chance. Uh, Bulls been looking nice, too. So, uh, I mean, you know, lost the Lakers, they're the, they the whole team. That's Los Angeles. So, I'll be pulling for, you know, Brown, AD, and everybody. But I would say uh, the the Nets, you know, it's the second time the charm, you know, they, they right. got their year in, so they have a good chance of making it all the way as well. 
I think so, man. If um, I, I, I mean, we, you know, we really don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie. So, um, you know, that's that, that's that's definitely up in the air, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, the East is competitive. Like you said, you got the Bulls, you got the Bucks, and you got the Nets. So, right. so you know, those, those Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, the Eastern Conference Playoffs will be, you know, competitive. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. Last so last current event. How do, how do you how would you say you had to grow? Physically, mentally, spiritually, in the year 2020, right? Uh, I think we're, well, I'm 32. I think you're 30. Uh, but we've never had to walk through a coronavirus pandemic. We've never had to wear masks. The world right. has never been down. <laughs> uh, um, so, so we, you know, we had to adapt in so many different ways and, and just live life different. So how did you find yourself having to grow, you know, during those times? I mean, it's something that we're still walking through. Like, like you still wear masks in certain places and you got to be vac- vaccinated here or, or if you're not, I mean, it's so many rules. The world has changed so much since March of 2020. So, like, so, like, what, you know, what did you do? What was your process, you know, during that time? Uh, so, during that time, I actually got hired on to my current job as an aerospace engineer at Northrop Grumman. Okay. And, uh, you know, the whole onboarding process was basically hands-off, you know, corona Corona uh, pandemic regulated, yeah. so you know you come in. You know here's your here's your laptop. Make sure you wipe it down. Uh, you know not much really in person, not much uh, really socializing, and you know I, I started off working just from home completely, so it was all remote work like a lot of people transitioned to during that time. Right. And as far as you know how to adjust. I mean, people have to uh, adjust to not being as interactive. I mean, it, even with the technology, people being on their phones, people always been on the screen, it's that much more <laughs> being pushed now. Right. With pandemic and, uh, you know, socializing aspect. For, for me, I would say growing-wise, though, um, during the pandemic, I did a lot of just reflecting, I think a lot of people did, just because you know you, you obviously can't go out and about. Right, right. You got, you got, you got a little more time. Yeah, a little bit more time to self-reflect, uh, be becomes more self-aware. Exactly. Uh, I, I implemented different things, such as um, you know I did home workouts. You know, I know uh, going to the gym was a joy of mine, and you know Damn. that which was uh, axed off all the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> right had to get these home workouts in to keep that consistency. Right. Uh, I, I did work on my my ability to just uh, be more considerate. You know, that's something, the type of person I am, I'm very straightforward, I'm, yeah. I'm very blunt, and it sometimes can be taken uh, the wrong way or can uh, be misinterpreted. So that's something that I worked on personally, just the way I, I come across getting a message across while making sure it actually the seed is actually sown as opposed to just you know throwing the seed down <laughs> yeah 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 that makes sense yeah man I, I can um I can attest to all that I, I I would say the same thing for me I just try to like dive into more books like you said the world was less uh there was no interaction there was a lot less interaction a lot of people were wearing masks and, um like you said most people were, were working you know from home remotely so 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 that connectivity, that connected world that we're used to, especially 
back in the day in the 90s, early 2000s, what up before internet and everything kind of took over, um, it was kind of obsolete. Like like you said, everyone was working from home, everyone was doing home workouts, no one, no one was really going anywhere. Um, um, but yeah, I love like that self-aware piece and 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 you know, kind of kind of modulating, you know, how you connect with people or how you spew certain words or you know, whatever whatever the case may be to connect better. Right. I, I love that. Right. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely, man. So, man, yeah, let's dive into it. So, I wanted to ask you because I know you're a Louisiana native. Is it Garysville or is it St. John the Parish? Because when I was doing my research, I saw both. I saw both names. So, which one is it? And yeah. just kind of like paint us a picture on what it was like growing up there in the '90s. And obviously, I always feel old when I say this. I'm only 32, and you're only 30. But we grew. But we got to be honest. We grew up different. We didn't have social media. We didn't have video phones. We didn't have YouTube. The, the yeah. internet came out in like 97, 98, and you had to have money to even, for your parents to even buy a, a PC and have one at home. So I, didn't, I don't think, I, I don't think my parents, I didn't get one until like 2004 or five. Like I was already in high school. So just paint me a picture of what it was like growing up there, like kind of in the 90s when it was a more interactive world. There was less social media. You really had to like be outside playing and interacting and talking and stuff like that. Right, right. So uh, to, to give you the, the description, Garyville is a town that is within St. John the Baptist Parish. So okay. In Louisiana, we have parishes. It's equivalent to counties. Uh, okay. In other okay. So, yeah. So St. John Parish is the county. And then Garyville, along with you know, Laplace, Reserve, Mount Airy, are all towns within that county. So. I I pretty much rep the whole county because I've lived everywhere <laughs> in that county in the parish. Okay. So, and that's that's the 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 picture in regards to that. The as far as growing up there in the nineties, yeah, we didn't have I remember the dial the dial up internet connection. Right. <laughs> right. It takes it take you ten minutes to get on the internet. <laughs> ten minutes. All right, I'm gonna go make a sandwich real quick while I get on the internet. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, that was that. Was, those were some fun times. The the simple days, right? Right, uh, right. Access to everything in your face right now, uh, but you know, technology grows. That's a good thing. Um, you have to grow with technology. Definitely. Uh, so, growing up there, it was because we didn't have as much access to the internet and you know things as you as you mentioned before. It was more out and about, you know, we in the streets playing football, basketball. I can remember uh, playing street football with, you know, my neighbors from Life Code. And we get it in. <laughs> uh, playing, you know, basketball in the driveway, uh, hooping or at the park playing basketball. Uh, I remember even one time myself, uh, like three of my neighbors and my dad had a foot race. In the street, in the street, <laughs> from 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 pole from light pole to light pole, and and on top of that, on top of that, we were barefoot. <laughs> now, we used to always race pole to pole, but I've never seen parents do that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we still in high school age. Who so was? Like, Who was? Did, did your old man win? <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know when they think they still got it. All right, too far, far removed. Right, right, right. 
come on, man, be serious. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's always funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was it was uh it was a good race though. I mean, it was close. Everybody was was pretty close, but nah, he didn't he didn't get it. He didn't get it. <laughs> okay. So and also barefoot, you know, that's the country living in Louisiana. Yeah. You don't find yeah. too many places racing barefoot in the street. Okay. That's done. Yeah, it was, was definitely fun fun time growing up and uh, just connecting with people, the the, the simple life, yeah. uh the stress free life, the no bills life. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I, I I would love to go back, so I feel you. So, man, um, talk about, like, kind of when you started to, started to come into your own athletically, right? Uh, and I always say this, any any athlete that played sports, you know, in college, whether that's Division One, Division Two, or, you know, or, or, or was awarded a scholarship, right? We all have, we all know or have that light switch that turns on, usually around, some around eighth grade. For me, it was, for me, it was 10th grade, ninth, 10th grade. When you start to realize that the dream of possibly playing a college sport or going to school for free, you start to notice that that dream can be a reality. You start noticing that you're better than a lot of your competition. You start noticing that, you know, you win a lot of awards or you're scoring the most points or, or just, just all those kinds of things. So when did that light switch turn on to you, turn on for you when you said, oh, man, I'm like I'm balling. I'm, it, it seems like I'm better than a lot of people or I'm making a lot of plays. I'm winning a lot of accolades. And you started getting those college letters, and and it started become to kind of to become a reality. Like, hey, I may be able to like you know play football in college. Like, I mean, for me, just growing up in the nineties, I always wanted to play college football. I started playing at eight, and but you know when you grow up in in your small town wherever you're from, you know you have those dreams, but it don't really turn it into the reality until you actually get to high school and see if you're good and all those kinds of things. So like. For me, it started to be surreal in 10th grade when I started to get all those letters. And then I think summer before my 11th grade year, I got my first offer, which was from the University of Indiana. So then it was started, then all the offers started to come. I got like 10 over one summer. And so, but it came so fast. It's like, I couldn't really like sit in it and bathe in it because I just was trying to get, I was trying to ball on the field. I was trying to keep my grades up. You know, you, you got so much going on. Uh, so when was that time for you, would you say? Uh, So... I have actually a unique story. Yeah, um, I love unique. I love unique. <laughs> in in that regard, it it wasn't. I didn't realize that I was, um, you know, a, a lot better than everyone else. Okay. Until like my third year, my third year in college. Wow. <laughs> so. So, um, so I, I first started playing football. I did Pee Wee uh, one year, and then I started again in eighth grade. Was, okay. What was that first time playing? You know, organized school football, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously I'm in junior high. So, in eighth grade is the last junior high grade. So I'm, you know, I'm older, uh, bigger than most people. So I played just out of natural being the oldest person. Right. <laughs> You know, better than everyone else, and then moved on. Moving on to high school, uh, you know, play as a freshman, play as a sophomore, was okay. Nothing really special. My junior year, I was I was playing offense initially, tight end mostly, and yeah. then my junior, junior year is when I made a transition to uh, defense. I started playing linebacker with a little bit of safety, and I just had more. Uh, more progress, you know, made more plays, more success on the defensive side. So 
I feel like, yeah, the defense might be a little bit better than <laughs> offense. Right. <laughs> uh, but as I moved on from my junior year to senior year, uh, you know, I played well. Uh, I, I I was like an all-district player, mm-hmm. but I didn't really get like a whole ton of uh, scholarship college offers. You know, okay. I've only been playing defense two years, and my family really didn't much know much about all uh, the football camps and all this recruitment, things like that. I went to one uh, little Nike Spark camp, okay. uh, performed well, but nothing, you know, really crazy. So the as far as you know the realization that when you're better than everyone else i never really had that uh in high school my graduating class so i i went to east st john high school mm-hmm. um very it's a five day right yeah 2009 okay. right east st john wildcats and they're a five-day school which is the, the highest in louisiana and you know during my time we were like top one or two ranked five day schools uh, in the state. So nice. you know, we have great players, uh, great coaching. You know, uh, Ryan Paralu is one of uh, the well known, more well known players to come out of East St. John. <laughs> yeah, he was I remember that name. Number, one, number one dual dual threat quarterback uh, coming out of high school. So uh, my school had basically, it was a, a very football prestigious school. My class alone had eight people to get uh, football scholarships just out of my wow. graduate class, just wow. to give, you know, a, a scenario, a, uh, understanding. So being as far as, you know, being set apart, you know, everybody, we had a lot of great players on, on the team. So uh, I actually got my athletic scholarship to Wofford College. A, a lot of, because I was, you know, more into books as well, I had a higher GPA. A lot of like Patriot League, Ivy League, uh, more academically prestigious schools were looking at me. My the athletic scholarship that I ended up taking was to Warford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and the head coach at the time mentioned to me that you know two plays really made him want to give me an offer, and two the both of the plays were, I pretty much did the same thing. It was a play where. Uh, like I'm playing outside linebacker and the running back broke uh, a long run on the opposite side of the field. And I pretty much, you know, chased them down from the back end, the backside linebacker chased them to to save a touchdown. So, you know, the coach just seen my hustle, seen my, uh, my education to just. They let us kind of plays. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of plays. So they're like, oh yeah, we got to, we got to offer him. Yeah. that's that's how I actually got my athletic scholarship, and I was the last athletic scholarship uh, given to uh, my incoming class too. So and that's another thing, okay. being the, the exact last person. Yeah. But it was so my uh, red shirt sophomore year when I became an All American. All American. I saw. I read that. Yeah. yeah. Playing college football, that I really okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe I am. Maybe I am nice. <laughs> 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 Halfway nice, uh, and yeah. and that came from the dedication that came from putting in the work. You know, That's not skipping prep, not skipping uh, runs, just being just being a student of the craft. Really, yeah. uh, you know, great coaching, great teammates okay. to help that point. Uh, so you know, that would probably be the, the the eureka moment where I realized 
okay, you know, maybe I, I do have some uh, a skill set. Right. Uh, and because I was already in college at the point, that was the natural progression would be the NFL uh, after that. So right. that's thought like, okay, maybe I, I, I do have a chance to, to make it to lead. As, as opposed to most people in high school, when they, you know, worry about getting that full ride scholarship, getting into college sports. Right. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned, like, you know, education, because I know uh, Wofford is big on education. Um, I always excelled academically as well, and to the point where, you know, Duke actually offered me a scholarship. They, they were a part of, of my scholarship there. I just remember the defensive line coach always coming to my high school like they really wanted me. And, like, if I knew what I know now, because growing up in Ohio, it's a, it's Big Ten country. So, nationally, mm-hmm. you want to play in the Big Ten. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, whatever, Wisconsin. And so, that was one of my goals. I just wanted to play in the Big Ten. But if I would have known what I know now, I think I would have considered Duke more because in 2007, Duke, I'm just going to say it, Duke football was trash. <laughs> but but if I would if I would have just understood what the what that that the business of college football, I could have went there and 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 probably played early, but also received a, a Duke education and and right, received, right. Uh, received a degree from Duke, which is you know which is which is which is monumental, and and, and they really wanted that. So it's funny that you know you speak about that. Where let me actually where did that education acumen you know come from for you? Because I saw that you were a physics major, and then. And then later, you know, you stayed on the West Coast uh, in San Diego after your stint with the Chargers. And then you went and got your mechanical engineering master's at San Diego State. So where did that come from? Was it just instilled in you from a young age for your parents? Did you always – I know some guys that just always excelled in academics, didn't really try hard, didn't put in a lot of work. Just some guys just excelled. And then you, uh, I'm sure you know people like that too. So where did that come from for you? Yeah, some people certainly have a, a natural uh, instinct to just grasp different – academic uh, concepts for me it really it was instilled from as growing up from a kid from being a kid parents uh they would my parents are very active in the school system my mom actually works at the local high school uh so you know they're just uh, i would say every kid's first mentor is their parents you know whether they want to or not you know that's the first mentor figure they see in their life day to day and they you know mimic after so my parents you know they instilled in me if you want to uh go out and play have fun you gotta do your homework first and that rings true in life if you want to have the pleasures of life you have to put in the work first in order to get to that uh you know that that transition from football athletic side the academic side to you know career whatever so you know growing up i'm the third oldest of eight kids so wow. it's a lot of as well <laughs> <laughs> so everybody like my parents were on everybody to make sure they get the good grades make sure they are not missing assignments represent uh, the family well yeah 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 gotcha. so it's def- definitely implementing that uh that discipline to right. take care of from a academic side to even even be able to enjoy the uh, athletic and extracurricular uh, aspects right, of life. Right, so right. in college, uh, so a, a little fun fact about Wofford, about about a quarter of my incoming freshman class was a valedictorian of their high school. Wow. So 
it's a very prestigious, it's like it's a top 10 liberal arts school in the country. Wow. So very prestigious academic school. Uh, as competition well. on, the, on, the, on, the, on the academic side. Yeah, yeah, a lot of competition wow. on the academic side. And then studying physics and math, uh, undergrad, it was, it was no joke on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it, was, math classes. it was nonstop for me in college. Uh, what, if I'm not going to class, physics class, or doing some physics lab or work, I'm doing uh, athletic football, training, weightlifting, running, film. So that, that was, I had a nine to five and a five to nine between the two. Right. Uh, very little social life. Um, exactly. <laughs> and from there, I'm always, I'm a lifelong learner in general. Uh -huh. So after football, my professional football career ended, I went, got my master's uh, in mechanical engineering. That, that was always something um, also that my dad, he's a, he electrical engineer by trade. So okay. he, he would bring me with him doing different jobs, uh, different rental, like fixing, working on the cars. Or working yeah, on the yeah, yeah. So it was a natural progression for you. Yeah, natural yeah. progression being hands on. Uh, my parents definitely are, have been a big influence in yeah. my life. And sometimes I feel like, um, um, you, um, you know, some parents don't truly understand what kind of influence they are. I mean, you know, even just those small instances where you said that, you know, your father would bring you on those jobs. I mean, he probably didn't even consciously know or understand that, you know, in your head, you were thinking like, okay, yeah, I want to like maybe do this or do something around this, you know, when I get older. Or you know, sure. whenever football is over. So yeah, that's that that's major, man. Um, talk about your transition, like going from you know a small town Louisiana to this prestigious big college, all this pressure where you got to excel academically at first, and then athletically second. Uh, was your transition easy? Because I can only speak from my experience, and you know, going from and I grew up, you know, I grew up in the inner city of Cleveland, Ohio. It was very rough, very tough. Um, I hadn't, there was no diversity, you know, the only, uh, 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 Caucasian people I had ever been around, you know, a few, the few teachers who taught in public, in, in the public, in public schools. Um, you know, so going from that to the university of Iowa, Iowa city, where it's like a 98% white state. I mean, it's, I don't really see anybody that who even looks like me going from that environment to that, you know, I'm not going to lie. It took me about, you know, you reported in August for camp. I didn't really get comfortable. It's probably like November, December, bro. It's that whole first semester, yeah. I was just uncomfortable. I, 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 you know, because it's weird because it's like it's like a double-edged sword kind of because it's like you're not used to being in that environment, so you're already nervous about that, just trying to feel like you fit in. And then right. secondly, you're a football player, so everyone knows you. Everyone knows you're the incoming guy. You know, you're riding the campus school bus. People are saying hello, things like that. They want to talk. You don't even know them, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It took me. A, that was, that was what was surprising to me. So that's why I always ask guys how was their transition because it was surprised it was it was surprising to me that it was so tough. Like it took me a while. So how was how was yours? Yeah, my transition was a process uh, for sure. Now, actually, about Wofford, it's it's not a big school or campus at all. Okay, it's the student body is sixteen hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Iowa is, is all the Big Ten schools are ginormous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thousand plus, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, Wofford is a very small private liberal arts school uh, that you know excels academically. It, even Spartanburg is a small town in South Carolina as well. So 
for for me, I came East St. John is you know it's mostly African American, uh, you know, in the deep south southeast Louisiana. Yeah. And, and pretty much I would say eighty percent or so is African American. Right. <clears throat> now transitioning from East St. John to Wofford, similar to how you know you were at Iowa, it's a predominantly white institution, PWI. Uh, it was probably we out of out of all the the African American students on campus, most of them played football. That was probably 10, 10, <laughs> 10 people that didn't are not football sports in general. All the sports out of all the African Americans on campus, ten of them probably did not play any sport. Right. So uh, yeah, that was a big uh, shock. Just dealing with the you know, surroundings. You know, not seeing as many people yeah. that look exactly <laughs> even less outside of sports. Right. So, as far as the campus activities, most most were directed towards you know different you know European Americans or or you know Caucasian people. Whereas, even like the frat house, sorority house, it would call it the row is the name of it. Okay. It's mostly. Uh, you know, non-African-American fraternities and sororities. So gotcha. uh, it was certainly a transition. Yeah. Uh, there was my first year, um, several other people can relate to this, but my first year was uh, a struggle just being acclimated, being exactly. feeling accepted or, exactly. or, you know, feeling like you belong, really. Exactly. Uh, and that's that's really why football was my safe haven, exactly. because you know that that was that was that's what you know. That's what you've been doing. Yeah, that's what I knew. That's what I've been yeah. doing. Uh, you know, that was one of the main reasons I came uh, to play football on an athletic scholarship. Obviously, the academics and stuff were supplemental to right. that. But you know, my teammates, my coaches, was where uh, I definitely felt that uh, that family. Uh, vibe, if you will. Definitely, uh, the, definitely. the physics department, you know, also later on developed into that. Okay. <clears throat> but overall, on the school campus as a whole, uh, not so much. Um, so it, it was certainly a transition process. Uh, it was yeah, certainly. I, I love to hear that, man, because I think that, like I said, I've always, since probably after I graduated college in uh, 2012, I always felt like that was, that transition was minimized. It's kind of like they just mm -hmm. expect us to transition because we don't have we don't have a choice right but those feelings those emotions those things you go through where it takes time for you know like you alluded to just to feel comfortable just to feel like you belong that that is a process that doesn't just happen in your first two weeks of going to classes or just getting used to everything uh so i love kind of like expounding on that right yeah it was it was uh i mean i, I think in general in life though there's there's plenty of transitions whether you, you know you go from Elementary to junior high, junior high to high school, high yeah. school, <laughs> college, you know, college to the professional life, right. whatever the case may be, you're always transitioning into something new. So that's so true. <laughs> you you gonna you gonna have to get acclimated to it one way yeah. or the other. One way or another, right. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, man. So 268 tackles, 42 tackles for loss, 17 sacks later. Uh, you know, you have this amazing career, you know, in college. Uh, what were some moments that stood out to you? Any any specific game? Any any play? Uh, uh, you know, any moment in the locker room? What kind of stood out after having having like that kind of decorated career? You know, you know, uh, in college. 
Yeah, uh, it was it was certainly a, a great collegiate career for me. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, some some highlight moments. Um, I can remember there's there's one particular play that it was it was you know just thinking about it right now is kind of crazy. But there was one particular play where we were it was later in the season and uh, we were trying to. Just when when we were we had a good record we were going to the playoff, but we'll, we're in position to win the conference uh, if we can just beat um, one of the teams in our conference, UTC, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. It, we all played in the Southern Conference, uh, Appalachian State, Georgia Southern, Herman, yeah. some other teams in the in that conference. Yeah. And if I remember Appalachian State, you know, beat Michigan. Michigan. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so it was it was stiff competition in the conference. Yeah. But this particular year we were playing UTC and uh it's later in the season, maybe like the last, you know, three games or so of the season. And we ended up running to to win the conference, the regular season conference championship if we can just pull together and, and beat beat them. It was, um, I think we were, it was either tied or we were down by uh, one score. And they, they, we're on defense, so we need to get the ball back to, to pull ahead. Okay. And, you know, they were marching down the field, getting some success. And I can remember my defensive coordinator and position coach, you know, just like, hey, you know, we need to make a play, you know. Big time players make big time plays and big time <laughs> games. Yeah. <laughs> big time games. So, you know, everybody, everybody getting a little bit of antsy, you know, yeah. just building fence in, in the moment. Uh, so and I'm like, okay, you know, I, we got to make something happen. Let's, let's go. So the play, they they were kind of they were trying to um, just run, just march down the field to kick a field goal win, basically. Uh, so you know they crossed the fifty. They were approaching the getting into the red zone, and there was a play where the court the quarterback did more like a quick out type of deal. So you know just you know hike the ball, you know one step and bam hit a out. I I was on the line of scrimmage as a linebacker uh, about to rush the outside, and then. Right on the snap, I dropped back into I dropped back underneath the out route oh. where where they was intended to throw. As as I dropped back, you know, you know, doing all my reads, you know, locating the receivers, so forth. Right. As I as I locate the receiver and turn back to see the quarterback, you know, I see that quick out is coming. The ball, it, it's like slow motion. The ball is in the air coming, <laughs> coming right above me. I basically jumped, jumped up with one hand uh. and picked the ball off with one uh. hand as I'm falling back. Kind of like an Odell Beckham moment. Yeah, wow. <laughs> On defense. One, a one hand pick. A one, one hand. Falling back. One hand pick, falling uh. back. Um, That's dope. <laughs> Remember the game when we need to make a play to 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 pull ahead and score. Of course, and like that, I can remember as I picked the ball off, the whole sideline going crazy. They're like, "Okay, you know, this is the play we needed." Yeah, <laughs> is uh, you know, now we got the opportunity to just 
Now we can kick a field goal or score ourselves and, and win the game now. So, yeah. you know, just a total transition, uh, momentum swing in the game. That's and dope, man. I love that. It, it was huge. Uh, it was huge. And we ended up going and scoring and actually winning that game and winning winning the conference championship regular season uh, that year as well. So, yeah. like, that was, that was like one example of, of a really never forget. this <laughs> moment. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that, man. So, um, talk about you know the 2014 NFL draft. Like like we said earlier, you had you had this decorated career. Um, I know you know not too many got, or you probably you probably you all probably don't have like a big like lion's share of guys who you know go to the NFL. So talk about what you were hearing during the 2014 NFL draft. Did you think were you kind of like one foot in, one foot out? Like okay, I'm just gonna maybe go to grad school, take advantage of this physics degree, and if football happens, it happens. Or did you already kind of know that you would get a priority free agent deal, you know, after the draft if you didn't get drafted? Uh, yeah. So leading up my last year, leading up to the draft and everything, I, I'll talk to some coaches, talk to some agents. Uh, you know, like like a lot of people, unfortunately, really, uh, people talk to talk. You know, coaches talk to talk. The agents talk to talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was. I, by one coach that I would be drafted uh, in the in the later rounds. Wow! Uh, everything goes to plan. Yeah. So uh, I was hearing good things from the NFL side. Um, of course, though, it's all talk at the end of the day. You know, nothing certain until it's done uh, for, for me. So I, I still applied to grad school. I still took the GRE, you know, my, uh-huh. my plan right out of uh, undergrad at Wofford was to go to either maybe Clemson for there. They have a good engineering program. So I was going to go just straight into grad school there. Uh, <laughs> but, you ended, but you ended up at San Diego State because you went out to the Chargers. Yeah. That West Coast and palm trees. And you said, let me, let me right. do this out there. <laughs> right, right. So... You know, if, once the once everything worked out, eventually everything worked out with the Chargers. You know, I'm I'm out now. I'm out. It was in San Diego at the time. Yep. Uh, we going through mini camp, training camp, season, and so forth. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that that was that was pretty much the the process for me. I, I had a good pro day. Um, I had a really good pro day. I think I did. I didn't. I didn't run because I, I messed up my hamstring. Okay. A, a week or so before. I got you. But did for 225, 32 times I'd had. Oh, wow. Uh, I did 27, uh, I think. Yeah, you were strong. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, and you, you don't see too many linebackers or, you know, outside of linemen doing 30 plus. Yeah, you know, that's, definitely not. Definitely not. That's, yeah, that's unheard of. So, yeah. you know, I put in the work. My, I, I trained OBAT Velocity in Charlotte. Okay. I had a great trainers over there, a great regiment over there. And, uh, you know, I think I had a, like 40-inch vertical, about 12 uh, yeah. broad. So, and later on, I would run I would run the 40. What I did with the Saints and some other teams, uh-huh. uh, you know, four or fives, basically, yeah. in the 40. So I had some good metrics from a combine, a pro day perspective. Right. Which you know, which helped I'm sure get on with the Chargers and yeah. So how was your, how would you describe your stint with the Chargers? Did you get cut at the last cuts? Did they did they say they 
they might bring you back as a practice squad player? Like, like um, what, what, what was that like? Yeah, so with the Chargers, I was uh, 14, 15 with them. Uh, my, my rookie year uh, had was, was, you know, growing, learning everything, mini camp. Yeah. I you know, felt like I was having a good training camp uh, up until then we get to the first game. We played uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And I, that's that's when I tore my ACL and meniscus. Oh so, wow! So like yeah, so literally, you know, everything building up, going well, and then, you know, bam, wow. <laughs> season ended. So you had to go through the whole rehab, the whole season, and everything like that. We had the whole season it was on IR uh, wow. for the year. It was a, a, a extensive process, um, and you know, I worked through it. Um, you know, training, rehab, yeah, uh, physical therapy, and everything. When you came uh, back, did you feel better than you, than you did before, or or did you kind of feel like you had lost a step? Uh, I mean, I, I certainly felt like I probably could play. Uh, you can certainly tell the difference between you know pre-injury and post-injury. Right. Uh, just I don't know if it's more mental or or what. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> but, both. <laughs> Probably both mental and physical. Yeah. But yeah, it was, you know, it, it, it's it, it's part of life. You know, you can't control everything. Uh, all you can do is control how you react to, to situations that they come. So exactly, exactly. I love. I, I, and one thing Dave, that I love is I love that you know no matter what happened with the football thing, you know, you stayed on your on your course. You stayed on your track. You already knew what you wanted to do. You know, uh, as far as like grad school and and, and you know getting. In, into the engineering industry. Um, so, uh, if you can remember, when was like the time where you said, "Okay, I'm done with football. Like, I'm I'll never put on a helmet anymore." Was it a Was it a good day? Was it a bad day? Was it Was it like a period or a transition? And I always have to be honest and and transparent, you know, on my platform. You know, that was a that was a really hard time for me, right? I mean, I started playing football at eight. I played. I had several. I went undrafted in 2012. Um, I tried out for about three teams: the Packers, the, the, the Cardinals, and the Patriots. Um, you know where they fly you in and you do that. You do that individual that, that workout. Right, right. It's usually a couple more other guys there. So I was hoping that you know something would catch with that. Then I went to Arena Rod. I played two Arena football years just to have like some present film. And you know when I was when I got to age 26 or 27, I said, man, you know I'm kind of getting up here. This is pretty much it. And that transition was hard, man, because, you know, I ultimately felt like I underachieved, right? You know, you, you start playing at eight and every every kid or, you know, as you grow and you get you get better and better, you want to reach that highest level, right? And I think that I, maybe I put a little too much pressure on myself um, because when it didn't happen, it just was it just was a hard pill for me to swallow. Like, it just yeah. it was like a transition for me to accept that and then move to the next thing, figure out, you know, what I was passionate about, what brought me joy, like football did. So if you can't remember, was was it a day for you? Was it a transition for you? Did you, after you rehab, did you just know you didn't want to play no more? Or you were okay with it? Like, how was that for you? Yeah, the transition process for me was certainly a difficult time. Um, I can remember I was supposed to go to Canada, uh, another, another, initially the Edmonton Eskimos had picked me Edmonton, up. Edmonton, yeah. Yeah, but then when they released me, 
I uh, was supposed to sign back with another CFL team. They were like you know, Calgary or Saskatchewan or something. Um, BC Lions. Okay. Okay. So you know, uh, of course, like like a lot like teams in general, they you know talk a good talk. Right. For me, I'm not. I like to be proactive. I like to stay busy. I like to stay moving. You know, I, I got six jobs literally, and <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm not a wait, reactive, you know, passive type of person. I, I hate waiting. Yeah. So while you know while I'm talking to one CFL team, I was also okay. I'm applying to grad schools again. You know, I'm taking the GRE again. Yeah. I'm uh, you know getting my post-football career in line to right. move forward regardless of whether football works out or not. Right. Pretty much once um, once I got the acceptance. Where, 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 where did that, well, because I'm just trying to figure out, was that a learned skill set, like, for you to, to keep your eyes on several prizes? Because I feel like I, I got kind of stuck. Like, I wanted football so bad. Yes, yeah. yes, I was educated, and yes, I graduated. You know, you know, with, with my bachelor's, I got my bachelor's in sports management, uh, and I also got an associate in finance. But I just felt so stuck, like because I wasn't sure if if sports management or finance would bring me the joy that football did. So, right. so, so was that something? Was that learned behavior that even while you're still waiting on the CFL or or you maybe you get another interview opportunity, you were still taking the GRE, you were still applying and interviewing to get into grad school? Like, was that a learned behavior or did your parents just kind of instill that in you? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's a little bit of, of both uh, nature and nurture. Uh, my parents definitely instilled in me the uh, mindset of making sure you're not just all putting your eggs all in one basket, right? So you, you have many things, you have many things to offer and make sure you have many opportunities to, in case one thing doesn't go right, you got all something else to fall back on. Right. And that's also something, you know, with my mentality, I'm not much of a, um, I, I don't, I'm kind of hard head, knuckle headed. <laughs> right, you, you, your parents and grandparents, you knuckle head. Uh, I, I like to do what I want, when I want, how I want it. Yeah. So, um, and even even in society, though, to your point about just focusing on football, within our community, African American community, it's it's always pushed of, oh, you're gonna either be a sports star, you're gonna be some type of musician or rapper, or right. you'll be an uh, entertainer of some right. sort. Right. That's it. <laughs> it. That's either sports or entertainment. That's the only two. Whereas, you can't you can't be. Uh, you know, academically inclined, you can't be business inclined, you right. can't do anything those two things. It's not, it's not very prevalent, like you say, in the black community. It's not very prevalent for, for you know, reasons that the United States has funneled into, you know, talk about, Facts. you know, the, the history <laughs> talk, of the United States. Talk that talk, right? That, that's, a, that's a couple podcasts in itself. Oh, definitely, yeah, that's a whole other episode, right. But also, also, in the community itself, we have to, even though you know, the United States may funnel, try to funnel us into one category, we have to, we don't, that don't mean we have to accept that as being the only option as well, right? So, you know, it's twofold on that end as well. So right. for me, it was really just a matter of 
I, I like to keep it moving. So my parents instilled a lot and also just I like to keep it moving as well. I got you. I got you. So was that that so that day or transition? Was it was it easy? Did you have any regrets? Did you just kind of did you kind of <laughs> sit there and just take it? take a deep dive in your head through memory lane, thinking about all those plays in college, thinking about those plays in high school. Cause it's really, I think society tries to paint this narrative. Like it should be an easy transition, but it's like, like I say, when you've been playing, doing something for that long, all those practices, all those injuries, all that, all that treatment. Yeah. And then you tell yourself consciously in your mind that, okay, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> I'm never gonna put on certifies. I'm never gonna put on. That's that's never gonna happen again. That is not something that you can just okay wake up the next day and say oh okay that's it. It's a sure. process. A lot of people don't understand that you know growing up playing sports, regardless of what it is, it pretty much consumes most of your life. Like imagine, okay. imagine doing something for you know ten years plus, and ninety percent of your day is catered to that one thing. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden the next day, it's all right, you have an <laughs> empty void. Exactly. That you, that you're, you're not even thinking about it. It used to be exactly. fresh. You, you, and, and you have to feel that 90%. And it's like, it just goes away. You have to find things. What's going to feel that 90%? Like you said. You feel it with, right. And, yeah. and that's why sports uh, players, after retired, either, you know, get into go bankrupt or get into drugs or whatever the case may be. Just because they they're looking for something to fill that void, which is you know not easily uh, sought after and uh, attained. So right. you know people think it's an easy transition. For me, it was it was it was rough. Uh, yeah. I remember during my transition period, you know, just working a little jobs here and there, not really knowing you know, right. you know I purpose. I'm waiting on. Yeah. You know, to get back to me and actually yeah. get and I, I'm so glad you said that bro because because though though you're a really successful guy now it's like man that transition when you first starting off when you 24 25 like you said you own you hold different jobs trying to figure out what your what your niche is but you still kind of just don't know you're just trying to figure it out like as you go yeah yeah it, it was that's still the process a rough process but you know we, we made it through Oh yeah, we always gonna make it through. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, I love that, man. Last question, bro. Get you out of here. What would you say is 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 Alvin's after effect? You know, from all the years that you you played football, you know, all the great games, the illustrious college career. What were some lessons that you learned that that you know you took and you took and you take now and you carry those with you every day? You know, really just as you try to push the culture forward. So some lessons I learned. Throughout my process, uh, you know, teamwork make the dream work. In, in <laughs> whether it's athletic, academic, it's business related, you know, find you uh, some very solid people yes. who, you know, just have your back, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, in any adventure or uh, aspiration you have in life, uh, like I, I, I mentioned before. You know, I, I have six jobs, right? So aerospace, engineering, modeling, acting, real estate investing, public speaking. I do all many different things and I make sure I have uh, a solid team within each one of those realms. You know, I have a whole bunch of acting homies that I run things by. Some, a lot of 
different modeling, different real estate people, you know, so on and so forth. Right. That I can bounce things off of, that I can get feedback from. Uh, any any time I do something, I try That's to have someone else just look at it, look over it, review it, just to yeah. get some feedback. You know, that, that instant feedback is critical yeah. for development, especially as a kid. Like as a kid, yeah. it's even title. So having that uh, instant feedback is critical. Okay. Make the dream work is one for sure. Another thing I would say is. Um, it, it, there's many words to describe it: grit, dedication, mm-hmm. uh, having the tenacity. It's another way, but tenacity, just just yeah, having, having this mental makeup that no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, no matter how any situation may play out, you're not gonna I, stop. You're gonna keep going. Yeah. Don't stop. Right. I'm, I'm gonna keep going. The only difference between winners and losers is that winners were losers that kept going. You know, <laughs> mindset. That's a bar. <laughs> That's a bar. You know, yeah, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> so, mindset, though, is what really is the biggest difference between you know those that have and those that don't. You know, they you just kept going until you 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 got it. No, it's not a matter. I love that. Winners are losers who kept going. Yo, yes. Not a matter. I love, I love that. No matter of why I can't, but how can I? Right, right. Man, I, I absolutely love that after effect, man. You just reminded me of something. Um, so I actually have one more question. What sparked you to, you know, dive into modeling, acting, the arts, right? Telling tell stories, whether it's through skills, which is modeling, or through, you know, video and, and content, you, you know, with acting. Because for me, that's actually what I was going through my process when I, when I knew I was done with football. I actually dove deeper back into my childhood. And I started remembering what I did, what brought me joy before football really took over my life, sports, football, and basketball. And I remember that, you know, I was in a choir. I was, I was, I was in a dance group. I used, to, I used to do the plays every year and things like that. And I used to sketch. I was like one of the best sketchers. I had a big sketch binder. <laughs> I was one of the best sketchers in the school. And so when you think about that, for me, I thought like, okay, that's all arts related. So I started sketching again because I had stopped. I started sketching again. I started... I was living in Atlanta at the time, so I started studying the industry, you know, how to get an agent, how to get headshots, how to do submissions, how to how to get booked, things like that. And uh, just, you know, get my feet wet, things just started taking off rather fastly. And that's how I got into acting. It's funny because, you know, we were able to cultivate this relationship, but we met at a callback, at a callback <laughs> audition in L.A. <laughs> for, uh, for, for a fitness brand, for a fitness commercial, uh, something like that. And so what intrigued you about the arts, just in general? Like, why did you get in that? Especially being a academia guy, like really excelling in academics. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was more the attraction to creativity. You know, I'm a, I'm a creator at heart. Uh, you know, even within engineering, I do design engineering. So, you know, I'm creating different components for satellites and spacecrafts. Wow. Uh, within the modeling and acting, you know, creating either print or film, uh, different expressions and brands. Exactly. Uh, you know, real estate, I'm creating, I'm taking, you know, I usually take property and create renovations. So creating a layout, you have, you have, you have to envision and see the plan of how okay. this little can turn into an immaculate uh, painting, so to That's speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the creativity aspect is something that 
definitely uh, keeps me intrigued. It keeps yeah. me motivated. Yeah. Uh, the most rewarding uh, in life. In life, there's two types of people. You have creators and you have consumers. You know, the, right. the creators are <laughs> making new technology, making the future, and getting paid. To do it. Yeah. Where consumers are the ones, you know, just paying for right, paying right. for the right. They're paying and they're consuming. They're not interested in the creative process. Ugh. Yeah, I yeah. love that, man. Yeah, that's great. I like to drive, I like to drive the future forward, uh, create the future, so to speak, uh, myself. Yeah. Oh man, that's that, that's 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 great, man. I've never heard that creative creators and consumers uh, analogy, man. So yeah, you, yeah, you uh you had you hit some good points, man. So yeah, I, man, I, that's actually um all I had, man. Um, one thing. That, go ahead. I, I got sayings for days, bro. People always say I have a. Uh, People always say that. <laughs> Every situation got something to say. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, it's always good, man. You know, you know, knowledge is power, and I'm always trying to catch some game or be a sponge from, you know, uh, my, my small inner circle, man. So yeah, man, that's all I have. One thing that I've been trying to pride myself on is, uh, you know, and I feel like in a black community, um, we don't do this enough. But I've been trying to give guys power, you know, you know, while we're still here. And I was raised the right way, right? So I all, I've always shown love. I've never been like a hater or, you know, if somebody do something dope, I'm going to tell you, hey, bro, that was dope. Keep going. Right. You inspire me. But, you know, um, so, so, some negative people or people from our community would say, oh, well, he, you, that, that dude, he ride his coattails or he, or he, or he de-riding or, you, you know, all, all the stuff people say. Right. Um, so I, I just want to, you know, I know we've only, um, Sorry to tell once or twice, you know, at all this is bad, but everything you've done, everything you've accomplished, man, you definitely keeping me motivated to keep going. Um, I, and I just want to show you your love and kind of, you know, hang your flowers, give your flowers, you know, while we both still here, yeah. eyes to eyes, man. Because like I said, man, we just don't do it enough. And, and if anything taught us anything, the coronavirus pandemic taught us to show more love, be more kind, be more genuine. So, yeah, just, I'm going to give you that, bro. You never know when uh, things uh, come to an end. So definitely enjoy while it lasts. Definitely. Definitely, man. Well, hey, man, happy Saturday. I appreciate you, you joining, man. And and we'll we'll be staying in touch, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be texting for some more for some more quotes, some more motivation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah absolutely. No problem. Uh, definitely appreciate you for having me. Uh, if anyone else wants to, you know, tap in with me, you yes. can find me on any social media, A. Alvin Ciano, that's S-C-I-O-N-E-A-U-X. Or it's just A one C N O A the number one S C I O N E A U X on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, y'all heard him? Follow him. Tap in with him. He's he's, he's a great guy doing doing great things in this universe, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, bro. I appreciate you, man. And uh, yeah, you have a good weekend. Absolutely. Get right. That's that's the model. Get right. <laughs> Get right. All right. Peace. All right.